The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Episode number 328 of On the Court of the Official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the salutary Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? Salutary. Salutary. We're going with word, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. I would uh, imagine that's a greetings, you know, uh, salutations. That's what I thought. I thought because you said goodbye to me before we started recording. Oh, yeah, because that was like goodbye to that man. But we have oh, podcast okay. Nick arriving now. Hi. That's not what it meant it's me. either. It, it, means, it means especially with reference to something unwelcome or unpleasant, producing good effects, beneficial, a salutary reminder of where we came from. Okay. Not yeah. uh, totally misused, but here we are. We're here. We're in episode number 328. What's up, Nick? We did it. What's going on? We have another week of starting pitching because baseball just, you know, it just always pots forward. You know, it just keeps slogging. Just keeps no going. Doesn't doesn't care about your fantasy teams. It's just going to keep moving on and on. And it's been kind of a crazy week. We've seen dominant uh, performances from people we didn't necessarily think would have dominant performances. We've seen we, we saw the, the Washington Nationals just dismantle. Uh, like half of the Milwaukee Brewers pitchers. Like, what happened there? That was kind of crazy. What are you laughing at over there? I'm laughing at you, man. The, the way you say, uh, sometimes you like lean into it like you're a shovel on gravel. Duh. It's like, uh, it's, it's like you get in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really felt it. I really felt it. Just like I felt it, like I said, when the Nationals destroyed Eric Lauer yeah. and Aaron Ashby. Two pretty two, bad pitchers that I, uh, you know, I have a lot on, on many of my teams. That was kind of frustrating to see. We also saw some weird performances where Charlie Morton was like uh, an ace striking out 12, but then giving up four earned runs. I mean, it's it was stupid. all over the place. And I would hate to be the person who has to take all these performances and rank them one to 100. It, it took you, I think, 50 hours to do a preseason ranking. At least. It's going to be weeks, months. <laughs> You do it every day, and you have 250 people watching. Yeah. If you're not, you should be watching Nick all the time on Monday. Well, every morning, but you should be watching him as he makes the list live. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun, and the numbers just keep growing and growing each week. Man. You know, I will say, too, I, I'm having the best fun. Um, I mean, obviously, with Twitch, the, that community is just incredible. Mm. But when we do the Nick and Alex baseball show, man, it, it is an absolute blast. And if you want to listen to that, I accidentally put the podcast out yesterday as opposed to Wednesday last week. I'm really sorry, but that's because you didn't watch it live on Twitch mm. at 10 p.m. Eastern time 
on, on every Tuesday night. And it's on YouTube the next day. And actually moving forward, make sure you subscribe to the Nick and Alex Baseball Show podcast feed. It's not yes. going to be on this fantasy feed anymore. It's only going to be there. It is the most fun thing I do at Pitcherless now. I am having the time of my life just futzing around about baseball oh, for an it? hour. Yeah, futzing around. Big fan. I really like that. It, 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 is, <laughs> it, has been, it has been a blast. I started hating okay, it. Yes. Now I really enjoy it. Uh, it, it. We had a lot of... You, know, I'm just you hated it? it? We had a... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, it's not that I hated it. It's my anxiety of, like I said last week, like I'm just so not used to having a podcast that is more like other podcasts where people just hear me talk. You know what mm. I mean? I'm used yeah, to right. like, oh, everything should be informative. And this is just us having fun. But this last is, week was a lot so of fun. much more casual. It's the right. The first episode was us like going through the motions of like how we've normally done podcasts. And now we're like, no, 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 no. Here's the image of the week. You know, let's bring in Jordan Shusterman and Derek Carney yeah, yeah, to yeah. talk. And they're amazing. And yeah. then let's just like, all right, let's just what, what's next? What do we got, Eric? You know, it's the best and, time. And thanks to Jordan, I was able to fully grasp just how crazy it was that Tennessee yeah. was eliminated because he was saying like, oh, it would be such a big upset. They almost got eliminated that night or the next night and then did mm. end up getting eliminated. I would have had no idea something to, to pay attention to. And that's why you should be watching the show every week. Something there new. You go. Tomorrow we're going to talk about. I had no idea Atlanta was on like an 11 game win streak. Yeah, they're kind of we don't talk it. about that as no. much as we talked about the Angels. Um, that's not for that. You're not here <laughs> for that. You are here to talk to us about pitching. And this is it was a tumultuous week. If you're looking mm. at the top 100 there, there was turmoil in every tier. Tier one had a big old shakeup, not just big one old. pitcher, but but many of them. So why don't we just jump on in right now? We're going to start with tier one. OK, which expands. Yeah. One through five is now Burns, Cole, McClanahan, Wheeler, and Alcantara. What's it called? Why is it called that? Uh, this is the um, the Christmas stocking because it's just you're just getting more and more gifts in here, and you're so excited about it. Mm. You know, you're seeing it pad up, and you get more lovely things like, oh, it's a Shane McClanahan. You know, you're really excited about it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, uh, maybe you could call it the Five Nights of Hanukkah, even though there are eight, because every night is just well. Then, then it doesn't better. fit if it's Five Nights fast. Oh, it doesn't fit. But you can make a Strasburg pun on a in a way that Strasburg's name doesn't even sound, and have the. Why are you bringing that? That's that's a stray. That is you, not. You already, you know how many mm. texts I got about that from people. <laughs> you know how many texts? How many texts do you think I got? Wait, you. Like seriously, people actually yeah. texted you about how that. many do you how many texts do you think I got about that? One. Yeah, one. But yeah, still, okay. <laughs> one more than I that I ever would have gotten. What was uh, it? Who was it? Who was it? Fast. Uh, I, I I don't I don't reveal my sources. Wow. Unbelievable. I don't reveal my sources. Um <laughs> I mean, all of these guys have been killed. Sandy Alcantara, I mean, like, I, I know I, I can't let you just literally gush about him every single podcast, but he really has been a man possessed uh, yeah. these past couple of weeks. So I guess rather than talk about him, why don't we talk a little bit more about another guy who had a huge love affair with uh, in Zach Wheeler coming up a great performance against Arizona. Six innings pitched, no walks, no one runs, just two hits, eight Ks, picked up seven whiffs on that four-seamer in the last start. Overall, uh, 30, per, uh, 30.6% CSW, uh, top 25 in CSW so far this year. What have you been seeing out of him recently that said, you know what? It's time to bring him to tier one. Well, I do want to talk about the three in tandem a little, just because okay. it's a decision of like, which one do you put up ahead of the other? You know, I just, I'm introducing all of them into tier one. And if you go to Shane McClan's, uh, McClanahan's uh, Pitchless page, it's just 
all red. It's just the whole thing is just unreal. All those bars are all the way at the top. The cool thing about him is that the four-seamer is now getting whiffs this year, 16% swing strike rate as opposed to 10% in 2021. And the hard contact on McClanahan's four-seamer went from 41%, which was my biggest fear entering this year, uh, because it rhymes, it's true, uh, now down to 26%. And that's huge for him. And you can also think the changeup getting involved here. I mean, 21% usage as opposed to 8%. It's been a phenomenal pitch. Just a 150 batting average allowed while increasing its O-swing to 42% from 29%. So it's not just, you know, it's Shane McClanahan from last year doing the same thing, just getting more time. There is significant change here in how he's approaching batters. And meanwhile, he still has his ridiculous curveball that has a 36% CSW and the slider that has a 41% CSW, the 24% swing strike rate. Like, he's still absurdly good. Uh, on the breakers and now it's just a four seamer changeup are getting even better too. So that is why I elected McClanahan to go above, even though he's not getting necessarily as many innings consistently, though he has three games in his last six are at least seven innings, which is not what people expected from McClanahan. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Alcantara are both these absolute innings darlings. I think that if you want to make a bet, you can just say that Wheeler and Alcantara both can have more innings than McClanahan, despite how McClanahan has, has done lately because just because it's the Rays as opposed to um, the Phillies and the Marlins. But yeah, Wheeler's been doing everything you want him to do. 29% strikeout rate so far. I, it's just, it's all great there. Really? The four seamer is missing a ton about 17% swing strike rate on his four seamer is abnormal to say the least. Um, And meanwhile, the one thing I always get excited about. Yes. Zach Wheeler sinker has a 51% O swing fast. (laughs) Fifty-one <laughs> percent. That would be the it's, highest of his career. And I was freaking out in the preseason. It's unbelievable. It's uh, funny. Just to go back to McClanahan for a second, you didn't even bring up. You were talking about his pitches. You didn't bring up his best pitch, which is his changeup. That's what. Oh no, I did. That was the twenty-one percent usage. Oh, I, I thought you were up. saying because I heard you say his curveball and his slider, but I was just looking at the woba and the changeup at one thirty-three, yeah. and it's just like, oh my god, this man yeah. is just a, a man possessed right now. Right, it's absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I love it. You love it. And then, love then you have story. then you have Alcantara with two nine inning starts with zero earned runs. The one's not a complete game shut up because of three unearned, but two of them in four games is just downright stupid. Yeah. And I, I love these guys. I really do. They're just they're my boys. You know, you know that they're that boys. meme of like the uh, I don't know, the Spider-Man villains be like me and the boys hanging out. Yeah. Like star man that's how i feel yeah. with alcantara <laughs> wheeler McClanahan, and nick all right i like that uh let's move on to tier two we're looking at six through ten justin verlander joe musgrove kevin gausman carlos Rodon, and alec manoa what's it called and why is it called that um oh i had something that i feel like it's kind of lame so i don't want to do that when has that ever stopped you in the past <laughs> well it's, you're not gonna think it applies is what i'm okay. saying well let's hear it um oh i've got i've got it I've got it. Wait. Yeah. I'm going to say this is time. Oh man. I don't know. I don't know the name of it, but it's, it's the travel through time power Rangers. Okay. Okay. Because it's another set of five that isn't as good as the other set of five, which is the the bizarro world. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, it's like the, the, I don't know. Nth season of power Rangers. We're like, no, power Rangers are still relevant. I'm like, no, yeah, the yeah, first yeah, sure. Crew were better than the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
these youngins so don't know what they were missing out on. I, 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 I hear you. The, the Bizarro World Power Rangers. I can take that. <laughs> the, the, the first person I wanted to hit on in this Bizarro World Power Rangers yeah, is... Because he keeps my, saying it over and over again. <laughs> uh, is my version of the Pink Power Rangers, someone that I guess you, you fall in love with as a child and then you kind of grow up and you're like, all right. Uh, wow. And that's Kevin Gaussman. Um, <laughs> it seems like he's been... Uh, 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 a bit more human since he it's very funny i took all the data from when he walked his first batter on may 7th so before he had walked anyone he had 31 and two-thirds innings pitched which is insane a 34 percent k rate sub one fip sub one whip uh and then now here we are 39 innings after uh he walked his first batter and his his k rate's now to 21 percent in about 40 innings walk rate up to six era still very good at three but the whip at 1.36 Last week, it was kind of bizarre to see him throw a little bit more sliders. He threw 15 a couple starts ago. He threw 18, ended up using a slider about 20% of the time. But there's something wonky, too, about that four-seamer. He brought it more down and glove side as opposed to elevating it, which you would know if you checked out the pitcher list player pages because there's a lot of great information there. What are you thinking about Kevin Gaussman? Um, I think he's still really good. And and this is one of those moments of, all right, it's not all clicking for him. When we think about a starter in the majors, we like this idea that, oh, if they're great, they're always great. And no, that's generally not how it is. Uh, I think I heard once that every pitcher in the majors has um, across their, their full season, 25 of their starts or 25% are elite, 25% are bad, and then there's 50% in the middle. And the 50% is what makes or breaks a great pitcher or not, right? Defines them through the year. And what's really important is that 25% at the bottom, when they're not at their best, Mm. how bad is it? And I think what we're seeing a lot right now is the quote-unquote bad of Gaussman. Um, And that's how I've framed this in my head of just, all right, this is when he's kind of going through a little bit of the rough patch. Some starts he didn't quite have a splitter. Sometimes he has fastball command is not quite as pristine. Um, But he's still not allowed three earned runs. And that's pretty dang cool. Oh, sorry, not a lot more than three earned runs, I should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he had that start against the Twins. That was ten base runners and three point two innings. Understood. But I, I think that Kevin Gaussman is still someone that is going to compete for six plus innings uh, on the heavy majority of starts and get you wins. And the strikeout rate should be above twenty five percent, I think, moving forward with still a fastball and splitter that um, aren't, you know, completely gone. Anyway, it hasn't been at its peak, but they're still very good. Yeah, we've seen fluctuations from him before. We saw it last year. Sadly, it was, I think, more. Yeah, personally. More yeah, I mean, he was. Recently. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, we've seen him kind of teeter totter a bit. So I guess you should be lucky, as you were saying, that when he is teeter tottering, teeter tottering, uh, growing your team. Um, we're going to move on to tier three, which is 11 through 20. This is a big old chonky tier. Luis Severino, Max Fried, Lucas Giolito, Shane Bieber, Aaron Nola, Pablo Lopez, Frankie Montes, Tarek Skubal, Dylan Cease, and Clayton Kershaw. What's it called? Why is it called that? It is called the green room because they're ready. They're getting ready to be on the stage that is the proper ace is going to ace in the top 10. Now, you say that, but The Green Room is also a horror film from 2015. <laughs> just three guys. Movies. Just three of them. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a great movie. It's it's really terrifying. Patrick Stewart's in it. Uh, really good. Um, 
the the first guy that I wanted to talk about is the one who who rose the most or tied for the highest rise on this list, almost into the top ten, and that's Luis Severino. So back to back. 10k performances for him and while the 10k performance wasn't the 20 whiff gem that we saw against the tigers two weeks ago he still ended up with like a 52 percent csw on his slider seems Insane. like he's just spotting the heck out of that fastball slider combo exceptionally well as of late uh he is going to get the raise back to back for his next two starts that is the one team that has hit him a little bit hard aside from the baltimore orioles are you a little bit concerned about those raise starts or do you oh, think no. his fastball slider command is good enough to get away with him no, the Tampa Bay Rays are 21st in uh, WRC plus across the last two weeks at 94. Mm. Um, I'm not too concerned about the Rays considering, yeah, two straight 10 strikeout outings, 52% CSW on the slider last start, and then 58% in that start for Severino against the, the Tigers. It's great. This is what I've been waiting for. I've been sitting back being like, all right, he's got the velocity. And I think over time, the slider is going to show up again. And bam, there it is. And it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the changeup actually came alive in that last start too, which I really like to see about 38% CSW across 23% usage for Severino. And before we only through 11 of them in that 92 pitch start against the Tigers, right? So seeing that in the zone, a lot more being effective, pairing up with that slider and then just pounding with, with fastballs. Like this is a guy possessed. It's still interesting. I'm chasing that Toronto blue Jays start that he had mm. where he had three separate breaking balls. And he still has that cutter kind of, but it's not quite doing the things you wanted to. But man, he had three velocity bands of breakers and it was so glorious. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen that quite uh, return for Severino still. This is amazing. And I look at everybody here in this third tier and I don't quite see a guy that is truly acting like a top 10 guy that really is pushing it right outside mm -hmm. of Severino. Everyone else has some question marks. You can make an argument for Shane Bieber, but it's 90 to 91 velocity, 90.3. Now he has the cores. I'm actually kind of concerned about that considering yeah. the hyper-reliance on the slider. Aaron Nola is looking cool-ish. It's every other start, though. By the way, right now, you're taking me away from Sandy Alcantara versus Aaron Nola, and I cannot oh, so hit you more as you schedule this at 7 instead of 9 p.m. But whatever. It's fine, Fast. I'm not I'm paying sorry, attention to that. Why would I ever watch that start? Uh, what, what's what's your case against Pablo Lopez for top 10? I think people... Pablo Lopez, I, I didn't know how the wrist affected him. And also, mm -hmm. he hasn't actually been at the top level the past couple of weeks. It's been a little yeah, more fluctuating. Yeah. Right. So, so it's not quite there. Giolito is getting the whiffs, but he's allowing hard contact, and he's been actually not having good ratios despite getting 16 whiffs on a given game. Uh, I think that should reverse. That's why I didn't really move him much down, but still okay. Uh, and Max Freed is good, but he's not like, hey, I'm going to hint at a 30% strikeout rate and just go seven innings with 10 Ks like Severino just did. Right. Sure. Uh, so there are questions across all of these. And Severino to me is the one that's like, no, I'm I'm primed to get my AGA label. Okay, okay, dig it. The last person I wanted to talk about in this tier is Clayton Kershaw, who made his glorious return this past week against the Giants. 71 pitches, two run runs with four Ks. The velo didn't seem to be impacted whatsoever. Still sitting 91 on that heater, 86 in the slider. Um, no real reason to expect that we can't see more of the numbers that he's put up earlier in the season. I imagine that's why he uh, re-debuted back at uh, 20. Well, so he was there last week. 
Um, he rose three oh, yeah, spots, right. but uh, well, I mean, there's there's there was some movement here because you had Bueller leaving um, in the twenty top twenty five. Um, you also had I had to pull down guys that are in the fourth tier, um, and all three of those that you'll see um, that's, that's Cortez, Bassett, and Ray are the reason why Kershaw has the plus three. That's it. All those guys had to go down. Kershaw goes up. Nothing in that start was startling in a negative way. Ninety one, as you mentioned, slider was good. Sure, he's at 71 pitches, probably around 80 to 85 in the next one. Yeah, I think he has, his pitch count was 75 in that start uh, for Kershaw. So, cool, 85 should be really good. Let's move on to Tier 4, uh, 21 through 28. We're looking at Julio Arias, Nestor Cortez, Lance Lynn, Logan Webb, Chris Bassett, Robbie Ray, Shohei Otani, and Zach Gallen. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh, no. I got, I, I'm blanking. Okay. Um, it is the jack-in-the-box. Mm. Um, because I, I'm legitimately, I don't know how I went from I'm blanking to Jack in the, Jack in the mm. Box, but <laughs> I it's because you keep spinning it, hoping for this to end, <laughs> and then you get really startled when it happens, right? Um, and all of these guys in this tier are just this. Is it enjoyable? Am I having a good time? Is a Jack in the Box a good time or not? It's like an anxiety box, and that's what What's a lot it? of these guys bring. Well, it depends on what you think it is. So I just had a Jack in the Box is a fast food chain out here that I just had for the first time. And it's actually. Oh, yeah, sure. Pretty good. But I'm thinking of the actual, you know, you know, the chime that I'm not going to do if pop goes the weasel. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's just terrifying. I don't understand why yes. any kid would, would enjoy that. It was, um, I think, a torture tool. <laughs> Uh, the first person I want to talk about in this tier is the person who is making his 2020 season debut, a person who people had a lot of, well, it's actually a, a point of contention. A lot of people are saying, Hey, he's going to be great. Just like he's been great every other year. A lot of people saying, no, this is the year he really kind of fades away. You debut him at 23 and that's Lance Lynn. Walk us through the logic about why he is debuting behind Nestor Cortez, but ahead of Logan Webb. Yeah. Um, I want to see it. Essentially, he goes against the Tigers tonight, I believe. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, then you already know how Lansland did. I put him out as a questionable start in my morning streams, uh, streaming rankings, because uh, we don't know if the seven earned run minor league uh, start is going to really carry over or not. We don't know how deep he's going to go into this one. I think that was 13 batters face, which means about 20 or so. If I'm just doing it based on that and average pitch counts. I, which doesn't allow for a high ceiling in the start, despite it being the Tigers. And of course the risk of that, all that stuff is like, I don't know what we're going to get. And I think Lance Lynn should turn into, you know, the top 15 guy because in the preseason, yeah, he was, he's just been a steady Eddie uh, through the, uh, what, two, three years now. And uh, the White Sox should win more ball games and Lance Lynn should be, you know, uh, yelling at Tony La Russa to, let him have the ball for another inning. So I I think Lance Lynn is going to be a sturdy guy for you. And I see this in tier four because a lot of these arms are not necessarily the the ones that are uh, excelling and, and comfortably so. They are like Lance Lynn. Well, they'll go six, seven innings and that will be their value. Like Robbie Ray just did that. Uh, Chris Bassett is kind of that guy. Or Julio Urias, save for the start yesterday against the Giants, is more of a five, six inning good ratio guys Zach Allen kind of like that right Lance Lynn could fit right into that mold and I hope he shows more he's already given up two earned runs in the first inning <laughs> is that right 
Yeah, but it's the first. He gave up a solo shot in the sack fly. I mean, we'll see how he settles for the rest of the game. Uh, The other person I wanted to talk about in this list is the largest faller, and that's Chris Bassett. It's been a tough stretch for Bassett, who had to face the Cardinals, the Giants, uh, the Dodgers, and then uh, I think Philly once in their win streak and once not in their win streak. Uh, he, He gets a chance at the fourth worst team by Woba in the past 30 days in San Diego, and then he gets shelled for six earned runs. He's yeah. not able to get out of the fourth. Looks like he's up to the sinker in his past couple starts despite, despite dropping it overall. It hasn't really been good for him. The slider has been actually pretty good for him over the course of the month. But what are you seeing in Bassett that made you drop him 11 spots? Yeah, that's really annoying because the Padres are terrible against right-handers and Bassett should have done well with us. He had decent pitch separation, sinkers were glove side and I, sorry, sinkers were arm side and cutters and sliders are on, were on glove side. Our strike zone plots do from the perspective of the pitcher, which is way better and it matches the mm-hmm. gif that we have, the, you know, the yeah. perspective of the gif and it makes it so much easier to see. Um, also, it's just kind of my angle always when I watch games. So I always... But now I'm used to like, I got to redo my whole brain because I taught myself savants. Anyway, hi. Um, his sinkers should be better. Uh, this was only 17% CSW. This was a pitch that over the years, when I talked about Bassett, it was just the sinker finds a way. The sinker finds a way to get called strikes. If I, It just constantly does that. Only four called strikes in this is abnormal. I don't think it's something that's going to stick for Bassett. And I see a workhorse. I see a guy that should be going 180 plus innings this year for the Mets, a winning team. And that increased slider and cutter usage all of a sudden makes him a legitimate 25% strikeout threat as someone who's always held a low whip and a low and low ERA. It's been a rough stretch. As you mentioned, tough teams have been faced. This was the really the only one where I go, oh man, really? That's disappointing because he had 15 strikeouts across his last two starts with just four and runs total. And I'm upset about it. I drop him down because, yeah, all right, the other ones are a little bit more comfortable right now. I still think Bassett's really good, though, and I think a lot of people would have lowered him further than 25. You know, we see the negative 11, but that's just more like, okay, the pendulum has swung a little bit. I need to pull it down, but it's still higher than I think a lot of people would. One more person I wanted to talk about in this tier because of an interesting pitching bot post that I saw on Twitter was about... Uh, Robbie Ray and how uh, how much he's getting negatively impacted by blow up innings. No pitcher has a larger difference in the rate of runs allowed between their worst inning and the rest of the game, which is pretty remarkable, you know, which is which is pretty much just to say that, you know, most pitchers are going to have an inning, of course, where they give up runs. They're pitchers. They give up runs every once in a while, what? even if it isn't a blow up inning per se. But then there's Robbie Ray, who when he has a blow up inning, it is a noticeable blow up inning. Uh, that is, you know, it just seems to be happening pretty frequently, except for as of late. What do you do, you do anything with that information? Or do, I mean, because that in a points league, I don't think it matters so much because it's going to, you know, reflect the the start is going to be better reflected, in my opinion. But in a ratios league, that's that, that one bad inning just blows up your whip in ERA. Yeah, I don't know how much I believe in the whole one bad inning thing. Um, it's, I mean, sure, it's happening to him right now, but, you know. Uh, sometimes it's just bad luck. Sometimes it's you can say it's an overcorrection from last year, which carried a 90% left on base rate, right? Uh, so I, I'm not really going to lean on that and say, well, that's just always the destiny uh, the destiny of of Robbie Ray. And it's actually very interesting is that on Sunday and on uh, Monday last week, this past week, Robbie Ray said, you know what? I'm going to throw sinkers 
And I go, what are you doing? Because I thought he was turning a corner with his four-seamer and a slider before that and just wasn't going his way. But he starts introducing a sinker. The first game was 26% usage. It was 48% sinkers in that game against Boston. What happened? Seven innings, zero runs, three hits, one walk, but only four Ks. And I don't know if I buy into this. Mm. It's uh, To me personally, I don't want Robbie Ray to be a, I don't know, low ERA, low whip, low strikeout guy right? You're not going to get whiffs. Only seven whiffs on 93 pitches. This is a guy that has carried a 16% swing strike rate, seventh in the majors among all starters. And now he's throwing a sinker and he's not getting whiffs. I'm like, wait, no, that's not, that's not the Robbie Ray I want. So I've dropped him down into that section where it's like lower strikeouts, but better ratios for now, because that's, I mean, he just worked with us. I don't think this is going to go away now. You just did well for seven innings. Uh, I'm a little scared because it shouldn't. <laughs> there's, there's, there's like something really funny to me to think about how like didn't Ro- Robbie Ray won the Cy Young last year? Yeah, he's tinkering and on in in June. It just it just kind of cracks me <laughs> up that there could, there could legitimately be a chance that in like 15 years we could be like who was the guy with the 403 career ERA who won that Cy Young. You know what I mean? Who's the guy that went from a 6.62 ERA to a 2.84 to a high four ERA? It's just kind of crazy to me. It's just bananas. Yeah. Um, All right, moving on to tier five, uh, all green. like to see all green. This is 29 through 33, all rising up. Uh, You Darvish, Luis Castillo, Kyle Wright, Jose Barrios, and Sean Manaya. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, I'm going to call it the lunch meat tier because you don't know what you're going to get. Mm, nope, you've used it before. I've I've done lunch meat. Yep, yep, yep. I've done Walmart DVDs. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't remember Walmart DVDs. Oh, I do. That's one of my favorite. That's a classic fast. Okay. You can you um, can change it to. Is it like a no, hodgepodge? No, no, no. Just, just, just. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I had a great one for you, but go ahead. See if you can. Come I'm gonna up go with the tarot cards. I uh, the tarot the cards where the tarot cards. The what? Tarot. Tarot? Nick. Tarot. Nick. Nick, my friend. Hold on. Uh, Nick. 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 Nick, please. You think T-A-R-O-T. No, I don't, Bass. Why would I ever think that? Nick. Like rhymes with carrot? How how many conversations have you had with people? Never. Never fast. (laughs) Never. How often do you interact with those cards in real life? The tarot. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's really good. Uh, That might be better than waterboarding from last week. Tarot. The fact that I'm not going to edit that out is how much I love this community. (laughs) And what I do for all of you. Is you know, I'm sure you've done things that are maybe embarrassing in of your course, time every day. Yeah, and uh I won't hide my my flaws. Um, so yeah, the tarot cards is what I said initially. I don't know what you're saying. Uh as you play okay. the game and don't know what's going to come. So there you go, the tarot okay. cards fast. Great. Let's move on to my favorite tarot card, which is Kyle Wright. Uh, <laughs> The, the the biggest flaw to Kyle Wright's game so far this year has definitely been the the nine percent walk rate, which is 126 worth in base uh, worst in baseball. He went up against the Diamondbacks uh, uh, a little bit over a week ago, who have the third best walk rate in baseball. He gave up five walks, 
People can dunk on the Cubs all they want, but their offense has been top 10 by Woba in the last 30 days. Also top three in terms of walk rate. Uh, is there a little, there's got to be a little concern that this is kind of like a sneaky trap start for Kyle Wright. Oh, thank God you said his name again. I, <laughs> yeah, Kyle Wright to me is the number one sell high. Okay. Uh, because Kyle Wright's, his command is not nearly as good as it was in April. And actually the last two starts, two starts ago, I thought, oh, that curveball is actually doing what's supposed to do, which is land uh, knee high glove side. That's what you mm-hmm. want to see from the curveball. You want to see underneath that too. You want him to be playing like a, a splash of paint on the outside edge. And it's not, it hasn't been consistently. He's gotten through it. And maybe you can make the case that Kyle Wright, even when he doesn't have his best is good enough to get through it. I generally find myself when I say that they blow up Mm. and look at Logan Gilbert earlier this year. I didn't think he had his best stuff and he was doing well. And then it hasn't been as smooth the past month. It's this is generally how this this works. And I think Kyle Wright right now is a really good sell high considering that he hasn't looked as good as he did in early April. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, tier six, Shane Baz, Tony Gonsolin, Joe Ryan, Logan Gilbert, speak of the devil, Patrick Sandoval, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, and Mackenzie Gore. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh, I don't I don't know fast. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself again. Um what is this one called? This one is okay. Okay. It is called um no. Not that, not that, not that. I uh, it is it is called tic tac toe because I have no idea how I feel about that game. Really, still j- jury's out for tic tac toe on you. I'm sorry, what? You're still figuring out how you feel about tic tac toe? Yeah, is it like an actual like anytime someone plays tic tac toe, I'm like, why? But then there's also like this fun charm of like, oh, it's tic tac toe. Yeah, you know? yeah, a quick way to pass the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I'm okay with that. tic-tac-toe if it's like it's not easy to place your X or your O. Like there's a challenge to place it where you want to yeah. place it. I hear you. I, hear you. Um, yeah. I just the, think the we first... can do better as a society than tic-tac-toe. We're actually not going to talk about an X or an O. We're going to talk about a Z in Shane Baz. Uh, he wow. made his... 2022 debut and it was kind of a start to forget he missed a lot has lost his command he had a blow-up inning he left in the third giving up five and runs three walks and two k's gonna get a, his next start against a, a far weaker offense in baltimore we can hope he's not missing a lot hey of look at mark. you admitting yeah. that <laughs> well i i only go by essentially woba last 30 days and they have not been mm. very good uh in the last 30 days what are you looking forward to the shane baz start so so here's the thing y'all Look, Fast can sit here, and he can go, um, Jarrett? Jarrett? I mean, Yet, he doesn't know that it's Shane Boz. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, and what do you, what is more important to you listeners? Okay, sure. what is more important? Common I think it's Boz. English language, or... <laughs> <laughs> or the thing that you talk about, as you're I'm right, going to mispronounce right. another... Like, well, I'm going to mispronounce Boz. another name later, I just... Yeah. Anyway, Shane Boz uh, went against the Twins, and first two innings were great. It was Shane Boz doing his stuff. It's incredible. And the third inning comes around. He gets an out. Then he allows a flare single. And what followed was him throwing from the stretch for the first time. 
And Boz is now opening up too quickly with a shoulder, which means that all of his fastballs and everything is going arm side and up too much and missing the zone. So he walks two and then allows a grand slam up to all of all people, Luis Arias. Yeah. Okay. And that's pretty much the destruction of it. I mean, sure, he allows a hit and then like a double and a bad slider to, uh, I, I can't remember who hit it, but it was right down the middle and it was a double and that, there you go. And to me, I just see this go, oh, okay. Like he was bad from the stretch and he's coming back from this and hasn't really practiced that that much. And he still has that rust and he, in the moment, couldn't make that adjustment. And that's the start. You know, there's a difference of that kind of tweak than just, yeah, his stuff isn't good or, you know, just overall doesn't, wasn't there. Like, no, he showed it two innings, hits the stretch is bad. And I don't really see any reason for me to adjust based on that. Okay. Is there anyone else you wanted to hint on at this tier? I feel bad kind of going to the next one if there's anyone else that you want to. Hey, Tony Gonsolin, baby, congrats. You get plus six. I don't think I truly buy into you for the entire season, but it's at a point where, look, if you're killing it and like everyone else isn't. (laughs) All right, Tony Gonsolin, congrats. You're here. I I still have my question marks about his fastball velocity and how consistent the slider is, but he's doing it. So cool. All right, uh, tier seven, 42 through 50, Framber Valdez, Jordan Montgomery, Ty Lord, McGill, Eric Lauer, Aaron Ashby, Tristan McKenzie, Luis Garcia, Sonny Gray, and Jeffrey Springs. What's it called? Why is it called that? This, oh my God. I, I don't know why I'm just forgetting that we do this <laughs> every, every time. Week? Yeah, I know, I know. Um, it is a New York City backyard because- it don't exist? Yeah, well, because they, they they do exist, and you're wondering if you want it or not. Mm. It's okay. like, is it yeah. worth it? Yeah, because people don't think about all the rats. Like, <laughs> when you get the New York City backyard, you're, like, dealing with, like, rats a lot of the time. I mean, it's um, often, like, if the upkeep is so difficult. We can't cost no. – we can't spend the money to have, like, an actual gardener and a landscaper and everything. And it's just like, all right, I guess here are some twigs and some leaves that I haven't, like, raked and – yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I, can get, I can get behind that. Uh, the first person I wanted to talk about in this tier is Jordan Montgomery and what to do with him. Because on the one hand, you got that sexy 2.7 ERA. You're pairing it with a spicy 0.98 whip. Spicy. On the other hand, he's giving you five strikeouts a game. Like literally, he has not yeah. had a start where he has given you more than five strikeouts. 2.54 bat, it sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, not for nothing. I think it's kind of crazy that he only has two wins. I mean, that's kind of neither here nor there, but... When you're on a team that's one of the two teams with 40 wins, you'd think you have more than two. Um, so we have the swinging strike rate at 14%, but we have a K rate at 19. Where does this seesaw land, right? Because, uh, you know, his changeup, which has usually been a pretty good put-away pitch for him right now, is not doing well in two strikeouts. Yeah, so, there you go. Put-away rate, baby. Yeah, 19.7% put-away rate is, like, slightly above average, which is so weird for having a 15% swing strike rate. And what I think happens, he's really good at using it ahead in counts. And so guys mm-hmm. are like, oh, cool, you have bad cutters and sinkers, so we're going to try and be aggressive on those. And But then he throws secondary stuff early, and then, like, oh, cool, now we're ready for this. And he's just like, oh, but but please can you here's here's a curveball and they go yeah, it like, yeah. falls into the dirt and like oh you didn't want that and it's just oh okay all right it's incredibly frustrating to watch i've said this multiple times jordan montgomery to me is one of the most boring pitchers to watch <laughs> and I, I feel so bad saying that 
but you just you watch him and it's laborious it is none of his pitches are electric or, or, or like sexy and every and he bounces stuff and like it's just uh, he comes in at 92.5 the stuff you know he sometimes gets whiffs and you're like oh i guess that earned a whiff you know it's i mean it's crazy again 14th in the majors in swing strike rate uh, yeah. Because of that change up in curveball. And ultimately, I mean, the sinker, when it has a high CSW and it has a lot this year, is when he's successful. When he's able to get called strikes in 24%. When he's not, that means he has to do, you know, be hyper reliant on this change up in curveball. The curveball is a 22% zone rate. Okay. Yeah, you can't, you can't yeah. do that. Call strike rate on the change up is just 12%. Okay. So these are not these big i'm going to steal a strike in the zone pitches i mean i will say 40 percent change up uh zone rate but it, it's still not that thing right if you can't establish it with a sinker so it's just ugh, it's fine i have him and valdez at the top of tier seven because mm. they are more stable than the others but if you're going for ratios and stuff cool valdez montgomery for the most part and then the others if you're going for strikeouts you have other options um, I don't want to talk too much about Eric Lauer because we talked about him last week. It sucks that we were sort of right and that we were like, oh, I don't know. This is him kind of falling back yeah. to earth, isn't it? And then again, the Nationals, the things that they did to them. I mean, Ashby was a little bit different. The defense in the first two innings was really suspect and really frustrating as it has been. Uh, but yeah, that was that, that was kind of rough to watch. Um, let, let's change to a more positive note as we move into tier eight. Michael Kopech, George Kirby, Spencer Strider, Nick Pavetta, Hunter Green, John Gray, and Ronzi Contreras. This is 51 through 57. What and why, Nick? <laughs> this is the high school trivia team because these are the, the ones that will shape America. Very nice. John Gray, their seasoned old leader, you know, bringing them. Yeah. He's got the varsity yeah. jacket. He's like, you yeah, know what? Exactly. I skipped my football practice for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, the first one I wanted to talk about, I guess, is Michael Kopech. You know, there are a little bit of concerns about how he was going to do in the past couple of weeks. And then, man, just kind of comes in firing in his most recent start. Anything different about him that gives you a little bit more faith in him moving forward? You know, there's a very simple explanation for this, but I'll explain that after a quick break. So, my Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Michael Kopech, huh? What a guy. What a guy. Point two yeah. innings, and it gets removed because of a knee injury. And that's the thing. I even mentioned in the notes, if he were 100% healthy, I didn't know if he was going on the IL at that time. They say later on they got his knee drained, that he should be pitching on Sunday, but they might push him back a day. I don't know. And is he going to be okay at the end of it? What a weird, tumultuous season for Kopech. When he's just been consistently pitching, he's been actually really good. 
But then they they rested him for a while because he thought he pitched better after that, and then he didn't do well doing. But then he did really well after that, and then now the knee thing. Uh, he's in tier eight right now. He would be in tier six if he were one hundred percent ready to go. That was the smoothest. Like I, Nick, I thought you were just talking to me. I didn't even know we were back from break. You just like really ramped up into that one, caught me off guard. <laughs> the other person I want to talk about in this tier is Hunter Green. I saw something interesting about Hunter Green today. I looked at oh, yeah? every uh, yeah, I looked at every <laughs> single pitch. Uh, with a minimum 300 thrown, there are 146 of them that have been thrown mm-hmm. over 300 times. And I looked at all of them sorted by Woba. And I found that Hunter Green has the fifth best pitch in baseball by Woba in his slider. And also and the has, fifth worst in his fastball, right? Not the fifth. The That's overall the worst. worst. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, it is pretty unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. How different, how the disparity between them. 454. So the worst pitch in baseball thrown that much. Actually, as a matter of fact, didn't Walker Buehler just have a start against the Giants, right? Yeah. Before that start against the Giants, Walker Buehler's was actually the worst in baseball. And he had a better one with the bum elbow. Isn't that crazy? Um, oh, man. But yeah, uh, that is that is crazy here. So what do you what do you think about that? Because he jumps up 26 spots. You know what's wild fast? Boars. No, I'm just kidding. I, the, <laughs> the, uh, the fact that... Br- Hunter Green shows up in the majors and is just pumping heaters, right? He's throwing 61%, 71%, 64% four seamers in his first three starts. And in his last outing, 37% four seamers, while 56% sliders. And he's completely gone Waskari Noah on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is Waskari Noah that throws 98.5 and not 96.5. Um, that's pretty cool. I, I would say that I believe a little bit more in Wasker's Wasker Noah's slider when it works. But I mean, I think that's a pretty dang good comp for how bad a fastball is. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting to me. I don't know. I, I don't know how much I buy it. There are certain starts also that uh, Hunter Green is able to actually elevate that fastball. We saw it against the, uh, the Diamondbacks when he went eight Ks and zero runs in seven innings. Um, we saw it uh, against the, the Cardinals as well recently a really good spying that slider down in a way to righties. Um, this is something legit. If he can stick with it, it's just a question of, is he going to be able to, you know, it hasn't been the thing in my head of Hunter Green's command is good. It's been like, no, it's been bad, mm-hmm. but it's been better lately. And leaning on that slider maybe is, is allowing him to get that fastball up. Okay. Uh, moving on to tier nine, this is another chonker, 58 through 68. Carlos Carrasco, Alex Wood, Tyler Anderson, Tyler Molly, Adam Wainwright, Jamison Tyone, Christian Javier, Miles Michaelis, Ian Anderson, Michael Lorenzen, and Drew Rasmussen. What's it called? Why is it called that? It's it's called the foam blocks because they're trying to be stable, but are they really Mm, yeah that's that's good i like that that's actually a perfect transition into the first person i wanted to talk about in carlos carrasco i mean he gets hit pretty hard by the angels for five earned runs but he rises 13 spots he's had good some some consistency before that what are you thinking is it just an easier schedule coming ahead well it wasn't it wasn't just that one start though you gotta understand i put out the list on monday last week and since then he went against the padres and then the angels and combined for 17 strikeouts Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have to keep that in mind from last week as something collapsed in your room. Probably, I'm going to guess it's a frame photo from what uh, it sounded like. It was a tape measure. 
Uh, well, then I just got to have some tape measure takes then. Um, mm. Let's uh, but but I say with Carlos Carrasco, I want to see change up and slider working. That actually was there also against the Angels. It's just that the fastball got hit in this one. And really the sinker a bit more. He had also like a couple random ones, but it's like, all right, this one just didn't go his way. I think I babbled a little. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is still good. I think a lot of people are really in on a Carrasco. 393 ERA, 123 whip. 24% K rate. Honestly, that sounds right for the full year. Hovering mm-hmm. a four ERA, sure. not, not an excellent whip. Strikeout rate that's going to be close to 25% at best. And that's kind of weird in a 12-teamer. I mean, that really plays for a 15-teamer. Absolutely. I get that. 12, it's it's a little closer of you don't want... I mean, I'll put it this way. You don't want an average staff. Mm-hmm. in fantasy baseball an average staff that he fits in but for you to win your league you generally don't want carrasco as your as your last guy you want someone that's just like good all the way through right sure and so that's that's kind of always, it's why i haven't really been so in on carrasco this season um i don't know what we're gonna get the rest of the way it might just be this and that's okay i guess but you kind of always should be searching and hoping to hit on something else yeah the other guy i wanted to touch on in this tier is is miles michaelis i mean it's funny never like i think we'd be talking about miles michaelis having a a a higher k rate than jordan montgomery but here we are he's got the highest k rate of his career he finally eclipsed the 20 percent mark Uh, he's got a a a near he's got a 1.06 whip which is very good that sub three era bringing you back to that 2018 year where he came back from overseas and you know dominated over 200 frames it's been it's been (laughs) for for miles michaelis uh what made you raise him 17 spots uh so you gotta understand at this point past 60 you're gonna see a lot of big numbers down Mm -hmm. up all that kind of stuff because it's really just the assessments of all right am i trusting this guy through the next couple weeks or not, just in general as a fringe guy at the end. Oh, is this guy doing something new that could make him more than a fringe guy? Is this guy just struggling? It's a bad schedule. Those things influence us a lot week to week, and it means that the whole thing gets shuffled a lot past 60 typically. If it's above 60, like if it's above tier 9, that means, no, I think there's something here that you do want to hold on to, like Ronzi Contreras and John Gray. You want to take those chances. And Nick Pavetta right now, you want to be rolling with that, right? But now in tier nine, I mean, sure, I like Alex Wood. I want to be going for that. These are the guys I would be leaning on. But it's not necessarily, oh, no, this is the guy that you got to get and hold on to. So you're going to be seeing guys enter this tier nine or tier 10, whatever it is each week. And Miles Michaels happens to be right now because, okay, fine. He's stepped back into the picture being like, no, 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 I'm, I'm still okay. I just went uh, three games of 300 runs, 600 runs, 400 runs. But don't worry. I just had a nine strikeout game across eight innings. Yeah. which was also like the fastest game ever. It was like 119 minutes or something. Oh, yeah. McClanahan the Rays, and, and yes, McClanahan versus Michaelis was insane. So, I mean, all right, I guess you're back in the picture. Michaelis, good job. Way to get through it. Uh, moving on to tier 10. There's one of these guys that I want to talk about with a large uh, uh, fall. Uh, you're kind of mentioning those kind of guys. Uh, Zach Eflin, Martin Perez, Noah Syndergaard, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers. That's 69 through 73. What's it called and why is it called that? Um, it's called, we have a Toby at home. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mom, I want a Toby now. No, we have a Toby at home. (laughs) I mean, I, 
Yeah, and by the way, we might go a little bit long in this podcast, I'm realizing. Um, You've been forgetting that one recently. Right? Yeah, I really have. I'm so yeah. sorry, everybody. Okay. But um, I... But yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know if that's actually the one. I think probably Tier 11 is a better name for that, but that's fine. These are all just like, hey, I think this is hopefully going to work. Okay. Uh, the guy that I was curious to hear your thoughts on, I mean, because you did drop him pretty significantly, is Edward Cabrera. I mean, after that fantastic start in Colorado that got me so personally hyped, he has, um, it's not a dud. It's an okay start against the Nationals. I mean, just one and run on six. It's just the two walks and four Ks isn't necessarily what you'd like to see. And then he faces, you know, aside from being in cores, his first real challenge in a team in Houston, five and runs, three and two thirds innings with three walks and two Ks. Just not really thinking that maybe the command issues that we were seeing in the beginning of the Colorado start are uh, are, are going to carry over. I really like the way that you say fantastic. You say fantastic. You got to hit and, it hard. Yeah, you do. You, you really do. Mm. If you read the roundup, which I know you do fast, uh, I do. you'll know that from June 7th, the, his start against the Nationals, uh, which was after the list last week. Uh, I mentioned that Cabrera did well against the Nationals, but his command was pretty off. And I was worried about the Astros start coming up. And what do you know? The same issues were there. I don't think this, the breakers are that great. The changeup still is good. It, I really like the changeup. That's the one element that I think is keeping Cabrera around. But everything else is too erratic at the moment. That's something that's going to have to change. And now it's not the best schedule ahead for Eric Cabrera. So I'm a little hesitant at the moment. Do I think that you have to hold on to it? Maybe. Uh, and kind of hope for the best against the Mets next. I don't think that necessarily you need to, though. And yeah, so I think I just contradicted myself. And uh, if you find something better on the wire, uh, I'm okay with that. Look, I mean, I'll put it this way. Cabrera has a ceiling that, that could be hit. Do you have to chase it? That's up to you. Um, don't risk everything for it. Okay. Tier 11, you just mentioned him, Merrill Kelly, Cal Quantrill, Paul Blackburn, Tywin Walker, Graham Ashcraft, Brady Singer, Marco Gonzalez, and Alex Fiedo. What's it called, and why is it called that? It's called peanut butter. Um, because sometimes you don't have dinner, and you're just like, all right, I'm just going to eat a wad of peanut butter. <laughs> Nick, that's so sad. I don't do that. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Oh, my life fast. Uh, I just like, you uh, know what? All right, I've got a giant spoon. Let's just <laughs> let's just go at it. I need something to eat right now. There is so talk to me a little bit. I mean, Cal Quantrill and Paul Blackburn are back to back here. Uh, talk me through what you know that thought process about what made Cal Quantrill a little bit, just a little bit higher than Paul Blackburn. He has not had a start, I think, over three hundred runs this year. Cal Quantrill. It's like the most. He's the he's the PQS champion. At the yeah. moment, Cal Quantrill. He is back to being so-so Cal, despite not being part of the Padres anymore, mm. which is one of the funniest jokes I have ever made fast. <laughs> uh, okay. So Tywin Walker, you know, he comes back. He, he pitched last week. He's pitched for the past couple of weeks, but he hasn't been on the list. And then he has this fantastic 10K performance against the <laughs> Angels again. <laughs> Oh, fantastic uh what did, what did you what did you 
see there that you said, you know what? Not only am I going to jump him up on this list, I'm actually going to put him in tier 11. He's not even going to be in the back 80s. He's going to be in tier 11. He's going to be in the 70s. Yeah, um, he just had the best start I've seen from him in a very long time. Uh, Tywin Walker was sitting 94.6, I believe, on that fastball with amazing sliders and elevating the force. Not just like getting in the zone, like up. And then splitters down. Um, nine whiffs on that splitter in 31 thrown. 45% CSW. And the slider found strikes. I mean, this is everything I've always wanted from Taiwan Walker in a start against the Angels. So I'm not saying that's going to stick. I still am skeptical that it will. But this is the start I've been waiting for for a long time. Now it's like, okay, Taiwan, I see you. Do it again, right? So what, right now it's just an exception. I want to see more. What was my theory a couple weeks ago about four seamers and cutters? Um, the cutters mess you up. How many cutters did he throw yesterday? Zero. How well did he do? Great. It's just crazy to me. I, I'm telling you, man, I really wonder if, because he, he brought back the cutter, the four. Oh, seamers yeah, right. Yeah, he even threw the cutter on the seventh, too. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I don't know, man. It's just very curious. To wow. Me. Very so you are curious. the you are the anti New York Yankees because all of them have been throwing cutters and that's the number one rotation in baseball. Yeah, that's true. But all of their four seamers or a lot of their four seamers have suffered. Does it matter? They're the number one rotation in baseball. Wouldn't you want them even better? No, because of the number one team in baseball. Better? Why would I risk that by getting rid of the cutter? Yeah, we, I, I mean, I'd have to see how what the relationship has been with yeah, the cutter yeah. recently. I think I, I think you have a really good idea here. It is funny to see, like, oh wait, they're throwing cutters now. It's working. Already. I'm also not I saying Jerome Montgomery's isn't good. Jerome Montgomery's isn't good. Severino's wasn't good. Like that's not why I'm interested in Severino. Um, yeah, it's 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 more. It's, it's also different. about like it seems like it's a hard thing to get both of. It doesn't seem like it's mm. impossible, but it seems like it's a hard thing to get both of. Yeah. Um, the other person I wanted to talk about in this tier is another guy who, in all, I think, what is this? Seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his starts uh, this year, yet to give up more than two earned runs. Um, he's been able to get you some starts where he's giving you seven Ks. He's been able to get you some starts where he gives you two Ks. Seems like a perfect person for this. Do you just like him because he's your name? Because he has my name. That's Alex Faedo. Uh What are you thinking about Alex Faedo? Uh When he has a slider, he's really good. When he doesn't, it's kind of mediocre. And that's annoying. Also, I will say, listen to his schedule, okay? Listen the Pirates, the Athletics, the Rays. <laughs> The Guardians, the Guardians, and they finally had a tough outing against the the Twins. We're allowed seven base runners and five, but still two in runs. Um, and then Pittsburgh. He's had a lovely schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's helped that 292 ERA exists as it is. Alex Fido. Fido is a decent streamer. I think you have the coin flip of if the, the slider will earn double-digit whiffs or so. I mean, the last start he had of nine whiffs as he was a stream pick of the day, and it worked. He won a Gallows poll on that one. Uh, I hope it keeps going, but don't really expect this to be a uh, a player that ascends the list quickly. Luckily, he gets the White Sox next. So I don't, yeah, I'm, as a righty, I'm that's good. Yeah, I'm starting him. Um, the next tier that we want to talk about is tier 12. Mitch Keller, Caleb Killian, Andre Palante, Cutter Crawford. These names are some of the, some of the last three names that I just said are like random name generator names. Yeah, right. Uh, Braxton Garrett, Josiah Gray, and Matt Swarmer. What's it called? Why is it called that? It's called the Cave of Wonders because these are all looking sparkly, but if you choose the wrong one, it's just going to turn into lava. Yeah, it's death. 
That's pretty, that's pretty right, good. <laughs> that might be the best one I've done today. Yeah, that, that is a good one. Uh, okay. One. I, I, I demand I think... more credit from you during this podcast. I can't reward you for the good ones. I got to constantly keep you on your toes. No! You know I mean, just like striving for more, striving you more, <laughs> striving for more. Now, check this out. You, you have check a really it. interesting comp for for uh, Andre Pallante, which I really dug. He said he reminded you of Kyle Bradish in the, in the last roundup. Uh, also, with a little bit of Zach Gallon in terms of his delivery. Uh, kind of struggled in the beginning of his last start against Cincinnati, but settled in pretty well. What are you thinking about him moving forward? I'm just so touched that you read the roundup now, and I uh, never have before. <laughs> okay. All right. No, actually, I didn't think that Andre Pallante was going to make the start. There were a lot of whispers about Stephen Matz returning. Then all of a sudden, everyone's like, no, 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 he's not returning. I'm like, wait a second. I uh, Then that means he likely starts on Wednesday. Who are they playing? The Pirates. The Pirates. And Pallante's got this cutter, and uh, I mean, sorry, this cut fastball that is a little bit harder than Calabratish's. It's also, yeah, the delivery, it looks so much like Gallon with the glove down and pushing up with the the uh, the glove arm and everything. It looks a lot like it initially. He goes a little bit more extreme with the tilt, um, with his front arm up and the back arm down than Gallon does, but still really, really cool. And it's a good enough slider, and I wonder if there's, uh, if there's enough there for him to do better outside of the Pirates. I think that's a solid stream. So he's there. But I mean, all these guys are kind of interesting. I was doing the list with everybody on, on Twitch. I was like, all right, let me try and find like all of the weird names for the week. <laughs> you know, like the weird guys that are getting opportunities right now that I think sure. a lot of fantasy managers, you don't know who they are, right? Like who Cutter Crawford, which by the way, guess what he throws? Cutter. He does though. It's, uh, it's no, amazing. He throws no, an 80 mile per hour cutter. It's great. And I call it with a K. And <laughs> uh, and he throws like a mid- you know, low to mid nineties heater. And that's for the Red Sox. And they have a decent matchup ahead. Like, all right, then Cutter Crawford, you know, add him to the list. Um, Braxton Garrett is I think fifth on Eno's stuff. Plus is what they were saying on, on Twitch today from that one star, but that's one star. And I don't know if Braxton Garrett really is that amazing, but Hey, maybe that one works as he goes against the Mets. Caleb Killian's going to be coming up because Mark Stroman is now in the IL and he gets the Padres and another weak team for his next two starts. That's uh, maybe going to work out. And then here's Mitch Keller going 10 for 30 slider whiffs in his last start. Finally, I've been yeah. waiting for hmm, so long. So maybe since 2019 fall when I saw him then. And mm. Mitch Keller was actually getting breaking ball whiffs. It's been that long since I've seen that. Mm. It's just one start. So who the knows? Other- the other team you're talking about is the Pittsburgh Pirates that Caleb Killian is going to go up against, which is the exact same reason that I think Matt Swarmer is perfect for this tier. We talked about him last yep. week. Hey, he's probably going to get hit by the Yankees, but then he gets dropped, and then you can pick him up for the Padres and the Pirates and have a nice two starts yeah. out of him. Right. Um, it's not this uh, week in tune, but the really nice slider at Matt Swarmer. So that's yeah. why he could provide value. The final tier, tier 13, uh, 89 through 100, Corey Kluber, Rich Hill, Nick Martinez, Dane Dunning, Jose Urquidy, Kyle Gibson, Devin Smeltzer, Zach Plezak, Yusei Kikuchi, Chris Flexen, Cole Irvin, and Jonathan Heasley. What's it called? Why is it called that? First of all, I like that you called it the last tier, tier 13, as if it was like an echo. Tier, tier, tier. <laughs> This is called the five-minute essay. This is when you enter class and they say, all right, everybody, we're going to be reading out our essays today. And uh, quick story, my friend Daniel in uh, seventh grade 
didn't know that we had that homework assignment and wrote his speech in class within the five minutes before he had to give it. And he got an A minus and I got a B plus. Wow. And I'm still, I'm still, still chaps. Yeah. Still very yeah. upset about it. Uh, but so that, yeah, that's this tier. It's the five minute essay because like, oh no, who else am I going to fill out this list with? Yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, the person who kind of, well, there's a lot of people who encapsulate that mentality, but Jonathan Heasley, I mean, I, it sounded like on the stream, you were like, who is my number 100 going to be, right? I actually uh, decided Jonathan Heasley for a while because I don't really want to go after him, but he's kind of interesting. And that's exactly what 100 is. So what is it about him that's a little bit interesting? Just that four-seam change-up combination, the fact that he had seven Ks and no one runs with one hit against the Orioles over seven. Right. Yeah. First of all, did you see the... Uh, did you see the graphic? It's a really good graphic. I don't remember that graphic. The last graphic I remember was the one from Catcher in the Rye from the. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. That was Quincy Dong finally doing one this year, uh, taking oh, over for nice. Justin for a night. He did a great job. Um, Heasley against the Astros on the fifth last week mm-hmm. had 95, 95 on his fastball. And that was cool because he's normally like a 93 guy. Now he actually, I saw the start seven innings, seven Ks against Baltimore. I was like, oh man, this guy totally had the 95 again. This is a real deal. No, it was 93.8, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was pretty good fastball command. Changeup was effective, um, and there might be something to it, especially if he gets that fastball velocity back as well, I think, moving forward. Like, only had four whips out of 46 on, on that fastball here. So I, I think he could be something, but at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, the Royals are, you know, I know you how much of a fan you are of their development process. Just the worst. And so I can't, you know... I can't rule out that there's something to this. When a guy goes seven days, one hit, zero runs, and zero walks and seven strikeouts, there may be something at play here mm-hmm. um, as he got his curveball for strikes a lot too. So here is an interesting 100, someone to keep an eye on that you didn't really know about. Okay. Nick, I did it. Yeah. We did it. Another did. beautiful rendition of the list in the books. Any final words, any final parting words for for, for our listeners? I just want to say, if you haven't seen any pictures of Zelda, Alex's daughter, uh, she is beautiful and wonderful, and uh, I couldn't be happier for you, Fast. She's got a great, bright future. I've seen it in the tarot cards. Yeah, there uh, it is. That All is right. going I'll call to Shane do Baz. <laughs> Touche. That is going to do it for episode number 328 of On the Court of the official Pitchalist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll see you guys tomorrow night with the Nick and Alex Baseball Show.